0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Empower Your Mind for Success podcast, a podcast for anyone who wants to build an entrepreneurial mindset. All right, welcome everyone. Uh, Today we have a special guest on this show, um, a dear friend of mine. Um, uh, We know each other for almost 20 years now, Uh, going back uh, when we were studying together in the grad school at Michigan State in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's my pleasure to welcome uh, Parag Jaktap, a dear friend of mine, to be a guest speaker on this podcast. He was gracious enough to accept the invite. Uh, and i let Parag quickly introduce himself. Um, but you know, when after graduation, both Parag and I went off our different ways, uh, starting our different jobs. And um, now Parag is an entrepreneur with multiple ventures. And uh, you would be very fascinated to hear his story and to know uh, how he came about becoming an entrepreneur. So Parag, why don't I hand it over to you? Maybe you can quickly introduce yourself and um, you know what you do, uh, uh, and then we'll take it from there.
1: It is my pleasure to be here and share some of the things I do and what I have learned and hopefully this will be useful to somebody someday. Um, So to introduce myself, I'm fundamentally a software engineer, just like most of you probably. Uh, Worked a few years in India with Tata, then joined Michigan State along with Anish. Uh, We graduated more or less the same one year. I I, I think I was one year behind And then I worked for a company called Honeywell uh, as business transformation executive for quite some time. That was a thrilling experience, just wasn't sufficiently thrilling, I guess, Uh, I became an entrepreneur. Did one venture, joined workforce again back with another company uh, in business transformation and now I'm on to my second venture.
0: Fantastic. And, uh, you know, uh, Parag, uh, you are a transformation uh, expert and uh, you have also written a book about business transformation. So why don't you talk a little bit about the book that you have written and where our listeners can find your book?
1: Absolutely. So the, the name of the book is The Power of Business Transformation, How Simplification Can Unlock Business Performance. Uh, And this book is pretty much based on my experience at Honeywell. I I learned tremendous amount of things working at Honeywell. Uh, Right out of the gate, out of MBA school, I was thrust into a very high powered world of everybody. Everybody was a C-level executive and I had about 27 people working with me and I was like the, the guy who they tasked to. Transform nine of Honeywell's core functions, and the book is about it. You can find it on Amazon. And the basic idea really is, using technology, we can really change not just uh, one system or one business process, but an entire organization and how it how it can simplify how people work. And the simplification can come not just in terms of business process automation. But also how people structure the work, how people structure their organizations and how they can really scale up uh, to to improve business performance.
0: Fantastic. So once again, uh, you can find the book on Amazon or any other uh, favorite bookstore. The name of the book is The Power of Business Transformation, How Simplification Unlocks Business Performance. So, Parag, that is fascinating. Um, you know, I read a couple of reviews on the book and I was very surprised to see. It is good to know a friend of mine is an author. makes me feel great. Uh, now, obviously, uh, you know, we have all, ha- we both have gone on on our own journeys and we have ended up in the entrepreneurial world. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, I, I have my story of how I moved from a, a certain steady corporate environment into an uncertain, lot of fun, entrepreneurial world. So why don't you give us a quick overview of what businesses do you currently do? uh, And uh, how are you going about them? Real quick.
1: Sure. So there are two uh, two businesses that I run and one not-for-profit thing that I do. So the very first thing is there is a business called Where Is My GC? GC as in green card. Uh, more than half a million people are uh, stuck in green card backlog for years and years, decades now. uh, Most of them Indian. And so what we do is we give them a realistic understanding of how much wait time they might have in their own situation so that they can plan their life and career better. We don't want people to get stuck in worrying about when the green card will arrive, rather we want them to go ahead, make choices about life and career, and have a full life, and not really be uh, a prisoner to this green card wait. So uh, that's one thing. Second thing that I do is, I run a startup called SevaShree. It is in the field of uh, security and IoT, and uh, we have our own product called SDAC. It's a platform for IoT and security, uh, and th- this is meant for Big enterprises, so really companies that have multinational, uh, you know, multi geography, multi business lines, and where security could be a concern, which pretty much to be honest with you is, is across all the industries. And the third thing I do is I run a not for profit group. In future, it might turn into something that is business, but I, I'm really touched, probably like many of you who know that. Farmers are committing suicide in India at the rate of like, thousands of farmers every year, and, uh, and, and that's extremely distressing uh, for us. Uh, I mean, we are not farmers, but you know, many of us can identify our roots to farming. And so, I run a not for profit group to uplift them out of their misery and, and really improve their financial situation. So, we, I have spent almost the last one year. Just understanding the problem, and and we have created kind of a group of thinkers. But hopefully, you know, we'll start some action soon. So that's wow. my third, third activity that
0: I do. Fascinating, uh, Parag. So you're you're in, engaged in three businesses and non-profits. So obviously, the non-profit seems like it felt like it is it's very close to your heart. Uh, maybe uh, you know, uh, maybe some kind of a calling for you, a purpose of you for you to. Help uh, people who may need uh, that kind of support and upliftment. So that is great. Now, um, let me ask you, uh, you know, what triggered you into entrepreneurship? And and, uh, that is question one. And second part of the question is, what triggered you to finally take a jump uh, into entrepreneurship full time, right? Where you you left a very steady, well-paying job where you wrote a book, you know, and, and, and had a, a big fan following uh, a, at least in your corporate career uh, from a transformation perspective, you are a sought after speaker and an author. So what triggered that? Right. So first part of the question is, you know, how did you go about doing it? And then finally, what triggered you to jump into entrepreneurship?
1: Absolutely. So when I was working for Honeywell, I mean, you know, big corporations, how they are. Uh, I mean, by virtue of your MBA degree and by virtue of you being in part of their uh, management development program, I was quite empowered and I really got to work on extremely high powered things. I mean, I had, as I said to you, nine functions, uh, rubbing shoulders with the CFOs of all kinds and, uh, you know looking after almost $2 billion of, uh, of spend across these nine functions. That was crazy. That was absolutely dizzying for me. Um, it's intoxicating too. However, one thing it lacks is creativity. Mm. Uh, a corporation has its own direction, ethos, and yeah, you can evolve it. You can definitely impact it. Uh, but the highest level of executives too, at the same time, are bound by a predictability. They are supposed to deliver a performance that is predictable. So, you know, and, and that especially and that is especially true in the world of uh, industrial companies, you know, multinational conglomerate. Maybe for Google, if you're a Google, maybe they have tremendous room for creativity. Not so much on the industrial side where I work. So, I was looking for something where I could create, make my mark. And so that's where I initially, while I'm working at Honeywell, I did work on a small business collaboration tool. So my vision was really businesses to link up with each other in a very easy manner. Uh, and I was thinking in those days, this was really 2008, 2009 We are talking about. And my vision was really to help them connect with each other, um, uh, in a social way, but in a business-like manner. And then, give them tools and technologies where they can say, okay, we are comfortable, we know each other, what we do, and now we can connect at certain level and do business in a plug-and-play manner. So I started, I developed kind of a prototype uh, that failed, that did not go too far because I was working with one of the uh chamber of commerce where i was uh, you know I, I i was part of a chamber of commerce and they had shown interest and i developed it solely for them and then to be honest with you they never used it so that was my first lesson of entrepreneurship never develop something where there is no customer
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hear you we have all been there done that yeah
1: yeah so so you know so that's but i i i understood a very valuable lesson, it cost me $6,000, I guess, but (laughs) that's okay. Uh, Then what happened was, at the same time, I was stuck in my own green card thing. And so I had started blogging about it. And people liked my blogging, and because I brought a logical numbers-based approach to the problem, as opposed to, you know, uh, frustration, getting frustrated, or, you know, just praying for good things to happen and getting You know, your own green card. So, my blog had millions of visits and there was tremendous fan following uh, and contributors. I had outstanding contributors besides me helping in the blog. So, I thought maybe I'll turn the blog into a business venture. And that's where I created a Where is My GC. And my whole idea was instead of people asking me when they will get their green card, and I literally, I have talked to and given personal advice to. At thousands of people literally and, and then I got tired of it because it's, it's, it's time consuming for me to tell everybody when they might get their green card that's when I developed an algorithm that actually mimics what Department of States and USCIS does and it, it, re, it gives a reasonable understanding to people when they might break their green card there is still a lot of cone of uncertainty as we call it mm. but, but but that's what we do and the, the, the thing that triggered was really a point came when I said you know what I need to do this full time I just cannot I'm, I'm tired of this corporate thing so by that time I had left Honeywell I was working as a partner at a, at a company called VPro, and I was traveling coast to coast every week meeting with clients I mean it was a I will honest with you I mean it was a really good life Man, so, you know, working in Manhattan, working for clients like SNP and all, it's intoxicating again. But not intoxicating enough. And I, I, I jumped blindly. And uh, partly, Anish, you to blame, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Remember? See, Anish and I, we both are from Pune. I got admitted into broad school of MBA the same year as Anish. And Anish said to me, and I said to Anish, we met in Pune in Chinchwad in a restaurant. And Anish said to me, man, you are going, right? And I said, no, 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 I don't have money. I'm not not going, I'm going next year. I will earn enough money this year and then we'll see. And he says, no, 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 don't worry. Things will be all right. You just have to jump. And I did not take his advice then. And I came to broad school the next year and I really regretted that. I lost one year in that. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know what, this very he's thing. I have to jump i have to do it blindly
2: and that's what
0: i did <laughs> so yeah parag amazing story yes, i was story. saying
2: that you,
0: you were it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah amazing story uh, you know it's it's amazing i i do remember meeting you back home in pune in india um and uh, it's fascinating that you remember that discussion and and uh, sometimes you just have to jump and i i remember that uh, you know one of my um, one of my mentors paul martinelli Says the same thing in the entrepreneurship world, you have to jump first and you got to develop the wings on the way down. And and I think that is what you did, which is fascinating. So once again for our listeners, uh, the website name for the green card business is whereismygc.com. Correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct.
0: So where is yes. my GC.com? Uh So, you know, if, if you know anybody uh, who has uh, a green card application and process, doesn't matter what kind of an immigrant he is or what background, which country, uh, he should be able to leverage this website, whereismygc.com and try to get some handle, some certainty on when he or she might get their green card. So fantastic. Uh, Parag, um, very interesting. And those to- of
2: you, Go <laughs> ahead. those of us who are old enough, to remember this, and probably you know, went to school in early 2000s. There was this movie called "Dude, Where Is My Car?" <laughs> so that's that's the inspiration for the name there the website. I mean, I'm serious. I'm I'm not joking. So that's I the- said, you know what? I'm just going to name it "Where Is My Jason.
0: And it's a it's a very ap- appropriate <laughs> name, and, and clearly you have done very well with the business. Um So, so Parag, obviously, uh, you know, I think creativity. Uh, was one big aspect for you, um, you know, and again, you know, I, I completely relate with you about the, the consulting life uh, when you're a partner in a company, and you're traveling coast to coast and, and you're a sought after consultant where you're helping people. But, you know, at, after some time it starts wearing you down, has a big impact on your family as well. Um, so it's very interesting to see why you made the jump. Now, uh, talking about Seva Shri a little bit, uh, you said it's an IoT company. Uh, so it's like a tech startup. Uh, Where is my GC? Yes. Is more of a digital information product company for you know consumers, one on one. That's correct. But Seva Sri yes. is more of a IT tech startup. You know, very similar story uh, like mine to our tech startup as well. So, so explain to us a little bit uh, who your ideal client for uh, your product is for Seva Sri, the IoT product. So,
2: our ideal client is really a, a big multinational company who have hundreds if not thousands of applications in their ecosystems and they're struggling with managing access across all these applications because, you know, as you know, nowadays you, it's almost becoming impossible to maintain security and access when working in a multi-regulatory environment. So, you know, it's, cross country and you are still managing the security from one place, it's, it's becoming a nightmare. Um, and that's what we do is we, we have built a platform and a technology which is, uh, if I go a little bit into deep into the technology part, is something what, what we have done is built a technology that attribute based access control. So the traditional access control is you make groups of people and then you say, this group can do this and that group can do that. In attribute-based access control, you tag people saying, hey, this person is an Indian guy. He belongs to this department. He has uh, you know, green card or anything, any, uh, you, any information regarding users. Same thing goes with the resources. You give re- attributes to resources and then you build rules Across the users and the resources to say who can access what under what circumstances, and uh, so it's it's really it's the future, uh, but it's a big change for companies to go from where they are today to, to where we envision they need to. But I think it's it's moving in the right direction.
0: Very good. And uh, how how do our listeners find you for Seva Shri? What is the what is the URL name of your business?
2: Uh, the, the URL is uh, SevaShree, uh, S-E-W-A-S-H-R-E-E, SevaShree.com.
0: All right, great. So again, uh, you know, Parag is the CEO of SevaShree, an IoT company for industrial clients, and you can find him at SevaShree.com, SevaShree.com. So fascinating, Parag, two companies, both successful Um Tell me a little bit about this this nonprofit that you're doing. That's a different side of you that our listeners would love to know about.
2: Uh, sure. Uh, regarding Sevashli, I have to I have to point out, sure. you know, we are still a startup. So mm-hmm. we are a pre-revenue company. Where uh, is my VC is post-revenue? I am very happy about it. Uh, but Sevashli is still uh, 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 it's pre-revenue. The the not-for-profit uh I, I have named it in, in Indian words. It's samruddha Bhairaja. samruddha means prosperous. Raja means farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, last year I was going to Mexico on a vacation and a news caught my eye. You know, one more farmer had committed suicide and I was so distressed with that news. I don't know why. I mean, we have been reading this not today. It's happening over the last 20 years or more. But something hit me, I have no idea what. So I wrote a post on Facebook saying, hey, I live in US and I want to do something and what can I do and I would like to learn what's wrong. So please let me know what do you think is wrong? Why are people committing suicide? And I received 450 responses. Uh, While on vacation, believe me, I was in Cancun 10 days. I spent at least three, four days going through those responses because I couldn't wait to come back and read them, and and you know I started synthesizing and all that. And now what I since then I have formed a group, and we have very healthy back and forth. And I think I have formed a view, and I think my view is India has initially maybe it was innocuous, it was ideology driven that they created a system where they controlled farmers so that the whole of India can eat at an affordable price but today that control has strangled the farmers and completely driven them into almost I'll call it abject poverty because an average farmer today in India only has land about two acres in size and already with two acres it is Uh, the farming is not sustainable Mm. because the prices versus the the input cost versus the output that's coming out of it it, it's nowhere, there is no match between what he gets in his hands versus what he spends and all of this, not even counting his own labor so even if we count a farmer's labor as zero and then try to price in everything the farmer is going into loss and that's why you can imagine why they are committing suicide. I mean, I can go on and on, Anish, as you can imagine. But my point is, I, I have to admit, I started it because it hit my conscience. Then I started looking for business opportunity in it and said, you know what? Can modern business solve this problem? Because who, what are we? Entrepreneurship, we are problem solvers. Farmers need to be, need to be free and they will become prosperous. And so that's what we do in our group. We just promote freedom and how freedom will help them. They don't need subsidy. They don't need anybody to give them any free stuff. Just make them free. Let them sell where they want to sell. Let them sell at a price they want to sell. Let them make a decision not to sell. If there is a bumper crop, let them have it stored in their backyard. Let them sell it next year. Mm. Let them process it. As per their wishes, you know, if they want to uh, make, uh, uh, you know, you know, conflicts out of their con, let them do it.
0: Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, Para, clearly you're very, very uh, passionate about, uh, about this topic. And it is, it is interesting. You mentioned a couple of things that that's what entrepreneurs do when they find a problem, they try to look at it as an opportunity to try to solve as opposed to an, a common person who would look at a problem chat about it, talk about it, went about it, but may not be able to do anything about it or does not want to do anything about it, right? So that's the difference between entrepreneurs and and common people. And there's a thing that I observed uh, in your stories and I wanted to connect the dots, right? From your first experience where you lost uh, $6,000, where you built the product in the hope that if you build it, people will come. Your next two ventures were you started a blog, you started collecting customer sentiment, customer responses. When you saw there was enough in there, then you started trying to connect, create a product out of it. And I think that's the best way entrepreneurs can solve problems in, in today's world. Instead of creating a product, try to find a problem to solve. And that's what will lead them uh, towards their financial freedom, but also to provide value to people who who would be willing to pay a price uh, and even a premium uh, to solve their problem so that is uh, very fascinating uh, very very interesting parak thank you so much for sharing with us your story and being vulnerable with us on the show uh, our listeners really appreciate that you know one thing uh, i always ask uh, my guest speakers to answer this question you know and uh, you know you and i uh, are, are not uh, young jocks anymore we are uh, definitely into our uh, mid 40s so, I wanted to ask you you know if if what what do you wish you knew if you could turn back time, what do you wish you knew if you were twenty five again that you would tell yourself what are the three pieces of advice you would give yourself if you are twenty five again from an entrepreneurial
2: lifestyle perspective absolutely um i so all of us make mistakes, right uh, I have made mistakes I think. I will definitely say start where you are and start early, you know? I mean, don't think, oh, I'm going to build a cushion and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that before I, I pursue my dream. No, if you have a dream, pursue it today. Don't postpone your dream. Um, the, I can share you that in 2008, before there was Flipkart or anything, somebody did offer me $5 million and said, come back to India and do this. Because remember that that small business collaboration?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I followed that with a business plan saying how I'm going to do retail in India.
0: Mm.
2: So that was my dream, right? I mean, I, I said, I want to organize the small sector in India and create scale using the small sector. So I, I was not saying I was going to be the big guy. I was saying I'm going to use the existing small guy, something that Reliance is doing today, by the way. So I, said, I, I envisioned that business in 2008. I put a plan together. And one investor liked it so much that while I was in India, he followed me through somebody, reached out to me, asked me to come and see him in Mumbai, in Sheraton, Maratha, right outside the airport. And I met there... And uh, in half an hour, he says, Prague, I'll give you $5 million, come back to India, do this. And I didn't. Because I said, you know what, I have my green card waiting, let me do my green card, my Honeywell job is going well, let me build some financial cushion. And then, you know, the opportunities will come. And, you know, just time went by. Meanwhile, in 2010, Flipkart's, And by the way, I made a prediction in 2008 that Subisha is not going to do well. Subisha was the leading retailer that time. Mm. And I made a prediction to him. I said, they are not going to do well. And he said, why? And I said, because they have so much retail space that they are buying. Are they stupid? Mm. They're putting so much capital in such an unproductive place. And he was impressed. Interestingly, what happened was Subisha went bankrupt within two months of our conversation. Wow. And, and so, you know, I mean, I think I was on the right track, but I didn't show the wisdom to, 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 to jump and pursue the big dream. I think, so that's the number one lesson I will tell everybody that if you have a big dream, do it now. Don't, don't postpone. Um, of course, there are some others too. I mean, uh, relatively smaller ones compared to this one. Uh, Other one I will say is monetization. You know, Mm -hmm. anything you do, you have to think of how you are going to get some cash out of it. See, not everybody is Facebook. Facebook is extremely lucky that they had the luxury to build a billion-dollar user base and then think about monetizing it. Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody has that luxury uh, or the problem you may be solving may not lend itself to that kind of situation where somebody is behind you that hey take my 50 million dollars and i'm going to wait five years for you to build it so no no think about monetization today so i think you know that's the second biggest learning that i will tell myself if i were to you know go back and be a 25 year old
0: okay all right that sounds good parag and i think those are great lessons chase your dream pursue your dream and I think that is one thing that I keep reminding our listeners uh, on my podcast that um, you know we all all need to have a dream and we need to find our purpose and chase it. So those are great lessons, Parag. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And once again, we really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, is there any lasting comment you would like our listeners to know? And 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 you uh, most of our listeners are you know are, are entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurship driven. Uh, they might be doing a job, but they, they have a dream. They want to pursue it, but may not always have the right resources or uh, whatever reason for not chasing it. Or And some of them are chasing it and are looking for continuous inspiration from this podcast. So is there any one last thing you would like our listeners to know?
2: I, th- I think entrepreneurship is all about problem solving and problem solving now, not tomorrow, not day after tomorrow. It's now. So... If that's what you are, I think you are a good entrepreneur material. If you are a problem solver and if you believe in the power of now, I think you definitely are an entrepreneur material. Everything else will fall in line. You know, all other things you will learn. Everybody learns. Nobody is born entrepreneur. It's 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 a journey. It's a learning process. So so that that's all I will say. Just focus on the problems. Try to do something today
0: fantastic so there you go uh, you heard it on empower your mind for success podcast do it now uh, there is no better time to start your business than now and uh, you heard it from a person who has created multiple businesses and is running multiple businesses at the same time uh, full time entrepreneur parag um, fascinating to have you uh, on this show it is very good to again reconnect with a friend uh, who has you know who we have been in touch all along But, uh, you know, it's always good to have you on the show and, and I, I hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. And, uh, you know, I, I hope my listeners found value uh, in this. I, I hope you found it fascinating uh, and inspirational to, to start your entrepreneurial journey. And if you did find value in this podcast. Pay it forward. Share this podcast with someone you believe will benefit from listening to this. Remember, you have unlimited potential. Own it. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care.